life might hand you budgets, schedules, family, and responsibility. But driving shouldn't be just another chore. We're here to help you find a car you love. Something that fits your budget and your needs, but is fun to drive and makes you look back. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car to Be. Because I didn't have enough to do, Uh-oh. I endeavored this week. We actually released something on YouTube. Lo and behold. Oh, yeah. Thank you for doing this, by the well, way. But, but the thing is, I actually felt bad for the owner, Donnie, because we shot that this yeah. summer. Yeah. Okay? And it's actually, here's the behind the scenes, second time we've shot that car. <laughs> because we shot it more than a year ago and had footage problems, which was our fault. Then his car broke, which was his fault. Then we had trouble rescheduling <laughs> oh. it. We finally got it shot this summer. Yeah. And then it yeah. was just, and it was like, we shot that car right when we went into all of our massive production for TV. So it was one of those things where it was like, oh, yeah, I have that footage over there. I will get there. And I kept seeing him at the local Cars and Coffee, and he kept kind of ambling up and going, so the 2002 – I know, man. I know. I'm sorry. So no I finally wanted to get that out the door, and I'm glad. Thank you to all of you that commented and watched it because in the midst of everything else, I thought, you know what? Let's throw YouTube something. Yeah, and thank you for doing that in the midst of all your editing work. In preparation for TV, that is Velocity Channel starting mm-hmm. in January 2018, everyone. Thrilled to bring it to you, but Todd is, uh, yeah, he's he's editing madness right yes, now. We'll put yes, it that yes. way. And despite all this, you've gotten the YouTube video out. And yes, Donnie, thank you for the use of your car again, cool. multiple yeah. times. <laughs> Do you see his comment? It's got a cracked subframe now, so yes. the car is actually down again. Again, again. Ay, ay, ay. It's just, it's an, I mean, he loves it. And as you can see from our, our video, we enjoyed driving it, but it is a constant, well, how's the way to put it? it it's It's a... It's an effort of love. <laughs> it's a good thing he likes that car because, <laughs> right. yes. And he's still got it. It's still down. Anyway, go see that, that piece if you haven't watched it yet, guys. We had a lot of fun doing that. But uh, we'll transition back to the podcast. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for listening. We're really, really thrilled that you're with us. It's always fun when people whom, for whom we've recommended cars in mm-hmm. the past write back to us and say, Agreed. here's what I did. It's really cool. Yeah. And we've had Cajun Michael write back. We debated him in podcast number 205. Mm-hmm. So it was back on June 20th, 2017. It was actually Chance and I again. I, I was out of town. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to remember where you were. You were, I, I, I think, think vacationing. I think it was, I think it was post pilgrimage. It was a, like a debrief thing. If yeah. memory serves, but anyway, it doesn't matter. It's, I was on a, a much needed, a uh, couple of days away. So you and Chance were, were working on that. Actually, there wouldn't have been pilgrimage because it was June, but anyway, it was June. I, yeah. at some point I ran away and <laughs> you and Chance done with this and you, you and Chance <laughs> did that podcast. But here's the thing though. Cajun Michael has asked a lot of questions. If you've listened to the podcast for a while, You've heard us answer a lot of his questions. Yeah. He's been listening along for a while. Uh, he actually had a couple surgeries, and so he had a lot of downtime and listened to the podcast a lot. So there were a lot of things going on. But he's writing in because it's one of those uh, good, bad. Did you see the good, bad in this story? Yeah. Because he got a car, but we also had one of those moments where we have we might have another wife that really doesn't like us much. <laughs> no kidding. Well, he writes, here's the backstory, guys. So we had covered this car debate. Chance and I were helping him debate the Mustang GT convertible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Actually, it's what we recommended. He was replacing the aging sports sedan with something like it, and he ended up getting the Mustang convertible. The Mustang GT convertible, six-speed manual. He coveted this, and he's got two kids, 10 mm-hmm. and 13. Mm-hmm. And so we were debating the practicality. Should we save money? Should we, sure, you know, yeah. how do we, yeah, yeah. you know, soothe the, the car tendencies, the proclivities yeah. with still, you know, what, what should be next? Sure. Replacing an aging car, of course. And so he's out on the Colorado mountains. Uh, well, he went on driving adventures uh, with the kids in, in the Colorado mountains. So he lives actually to, close to where I grew up in mm-hmm. Fort Collins. So mm-hmm. north of Denver, about 55 miles. And so as you said... He had his wife listen to the podcast. (laughs) Which is always kind of a double-edged sword. It's like, honey, this will help, followed by, honey, this really didn't help. So, yeah. Well, that's why we always wave hello to the spouses because we Uh know eventually you guys are going to say, you've got to listen to this. You've got to hear what they said. These guys agree with me, which might not be helpful. (laughs) Just just let's put that out there. Don't listen to me. Just listen to what the guys said. Here, put these on. So... (laughs) When I got to the point where her face was in her hands, Uh he said, I knew the hook was set. Yes. Well, I mean, what happened here is that somewhere along the way, you guys started talking about you can make memories in the next car you get. 
Yeah. And that just hit her right in the heart. <laughs> it was intended to. So then he goes out and now promptly buys. A, he sent us a photo. It's a fantastic photo. A beautiful Mustang GT convertible, six-speed as God intended, is written right here in his email. And uh, you and your 13-year-old daughter kind of drove halfway across the country in it. So Had a father-daughter cool. drive. You, wrote, you, wrote, you went down the Vegas Strip at night with the top down, and she stared at all the lights. That's cool. That's That's, that's amazing. really cool. Yeah. Yeah, so as Todd said, he had job change, some surgeries. He found this car, and they they did the whole road trip. Vegas, what else? Western Utah, which we love across Colorado. And he says, best of all, it was the two and a half days of smiles and laughs that they'll never forget. That's super cool. That's, that's a road trip right there. I don't Absolutely. care who you go with. That's what it's about. Absolutely. So, Michael, thank you for writing in. Thank you for the photo. Thanks mm-hmm. for just being a fan because we love this stuff. And we love yeah. it when you guys write back to us. And it doesn't matter if you buy the car we recommended. It. It's more along the lines of, hey, guys, yeah. your thoughts sparked my thoughts. And I totally. ended up getting Absolutely. whatever it is. We actually got a cool email today. In fact, I want to run it uh, by you later. We should talk about it on another podcast. Somebody that wrote in, another person wrote in and just said, you didn't debate for me. But I listened to the podcast, and based on listening to the podcast, I went and drove these things. And they found something they loved. Very I mean, cool. Actually, Michael is the rare, rare exception here because most of the time when they write back with what they bought, you guys recommended the following six things and then curveball <laughs> in the email. By the way, these four things I didn't let you know, and now I bought something totally off the radar. But <laughs> but the Mustang GT was what you recommended. He bought one. That's a that's a full success. And road trip with the daughter. Awesome. I love this. Totally, totally. And yeah, making memories together. It's a short time when your kids are with you, so yeah. make those memories. And yes, Another one bites the dust. <laughs> it's it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, we did it. So anyway, thank you for that. It's just good to hear from everybody. And uh, for sure, well, be, what you're but I, I, look, I keep beating on this reality, but it's true. And that is, what we want more than anything is whatever car you're driving, you love it. You like that. That's your car. Yeah. It's less about is it a minivan? Hopefully it's not. Is it a Prius? <laughs> Hopefully it's not. But or is it a fun sports car? Hopefully right. it is. Right. But in spite of that, if you go out and go, that's my car then that's a successful purchase. And that's all we're going for. Yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking about all this. We've got some great debates for you and mm-hmm. lots of listener questions. This will be, uh, man, we could just keep talking so much. but uh, As we do. That's why, that's why we do this twice a week now, because we can keep talking. It's amazing. But it really, guys, it does stem from the fact that Todd and I want to help people. We genuinely want to help you guys, mm-hmm. anybody listening, just get thinking differently, take our stuff and disagree with us and say, you guys don't know what you're talking about. Or, you know, I did this or I did that, you know, but if, uh, if we can spark ideas and, mm-hmm. and get you thinking and getting something you really love, Agreed. that's what we do. And I'm going to jump off that and say, if, if you feel like this podcast has been the least bit helpful to you, or let's, let's be honest, annoying <laughs> to your spouse, do us a favor and give us a rating on iTunes. That does help. Share it with somebody else that listens to podcasts. I keep bumping into people who actually don't listen to podcasts at all. Hmm. And have started with this show, which is also really cool. That's rare. And, and I do yeah, feel like cool. there's nobody, I, I don't know if you notice this, there's nobody that kind of listens to podcasts. You either True. listen to, I have my four or my six or my 20. I met a guy that was like, yeah, you guys are one of my 20, but I listened to all of yours. What? I was like, You're what? kidding me. What do you, do you do anything else? So there's that. Or <laughs> the people are like, podcast, pod, you know, I podcasts? How do you get that? I don't know if I've ever listened to, there's hmm. nobody in the middle. Yeah. There's nobody that's like, yeah, sometimes, at least that I've heard of. Yeah, it's true. But anyway, if you do listen to podcasts, you have friends that are getting into them, or you have friends that would like to have a fight with their spouse about the next car, we're here for you. <laughs> Check that box. All right, guys, we've got Dong Yol, who's writing in. He has written to us many times. You've heard us say his name on the social media questions. Mm-hmm. And he wrote to us with a full debate here, which was great. Yeah, for sure. So he just wrote after Thanksgiving here and wrote into us with his debate. He's looking for something in the future here, something – actually, he's suggesting all GM product right now. He's got the disease, and he's moving around in types of cars, so it's time <laughs> to move on again. Cool. We've also got Ruben in Atlanta that wrote in recently, and he is kind of a two-in-one. Yeah, I thought we could you know, kind of speak to both of these issues. The, the first well. part, he's got a question for his brother and his brother who's trying to sell a car, which relates directly to a question we had on Facebook tonight, directly speaks to that. Mm. So I'm excited about that part. Mm. And then actually Ruben has a car debate for himself as well. And we'll do some social media questions. So buckle up because it's going to be like four hours. No, it's going to be like an hour. And <laughs> right. uh, yeah, it's going to go fast. All right. So starting with Daniel's podcast here or his debate. 
He is driving or was driving a 2014 Ford Fiesta ST, mm-hmm. which he bought that was inspired by our, our Tiny Turbos video. Mm-hmm. So that was uh, the Abart 500 Abart. Yep. And the Fiesta ST, we put those together on camera. And we keep recommending those cars like crazy. If you listen to the podcast for at least two episodes, you've probably heard one of them mentioned. So uh, he loved that Fiesta ST, but he brought up an interesting point here. Mm. He ended up selling it because he felt like he always sat too high. Yeah. And over time, he kind of came to the conclusion, because you and I have talked about the fact that we love that car. So does Chance. But Edgar, who's 5'9", doesn't like That's it. That's true. You're right. I remember And has this. talked about he thinks it's a tall guy car because all the guys he feels like that really love it seem to be tall. Daniel is five foot seven, hmm. and he always felt like the car never really fit him, and he was sitting on it. That's interesting. I had forgotten that yeah. uh, that comment from Edgar, too. Yeah. I mean, Daniel's writing in. He said, this thing bothered me. It was the center of butt gravity, air quotes. <laughs> And I'm already, my mind has already gone to a t-shirt. It's already gone to try and illustrate what is butt gravity? What is the equation? What, let's break it down into chemical compounds. What? We'll call up our friend Jason Finsky and have him calculate <laughs> butt gravity. I mean, but it is. It's the seat of your pants thing. And he, yeah. was, he needed this seat to be an inch or two or lower. All right. So we traded in this ST mm-hmm. because of this issue, mm-hmm. which was apparently a deal killer. Yeah, I mean, he he thought it was a great car, but he never felt like he was sitting low enough, which is a mm-hmm. fascinating reality. But you got to be comfortable. You do have to feel like you're properly plugged into the car. He yeah. went a very different route next, though. I love that he took your Acura TL Type S suggestion. You've you've mentioned this car mm-hmm. a fair amount. Yeah, the 0408 range. Yeah. yeah, he bought an 08 Acura TL Type S with the manual with 140,000 miles. Mm-hmm. So this is really an interesting part of the equation. He went from Fiesta ST... Yeah. To a really high mileage TL because of the dynamics, because he wanted the car mm-hmm. and the mileage didn't matter. Well, it doesn't matter on those anyway. Yeah, exactly. Of course, <laughs> you know, yeah. just the maintenance. But he was looking at it as the better Accord because he's always wanted mm-hmm. this V6 Honda Accord coupe with the manual. But he thought, all right, this is a bit of a step up, bit of a I think unicorn. It's a great choice. I think it's a great choice. I agree. That checks all the boxes too. It's it's the generation that I like. It's the last year. It's I think or the second to last year. I'm going to get it wrong, but it either ended 08 or 09. It was one of those last years, which is the only time they made the Type S. And then with a the manual, I mean, that's a hard to find car. Yeah, yeah, and true. it's a very different car than the Fiesta ST across the board, and he's loved it. Yeah, which. At that point, you'd think, okay, awesome, great story. But <laughs> Daniel has our disease. He does. <laughs> yes, he he does. has the disease, which is I, like, like I had. Like 24 hours after I got home with the Lotus Elise, I was looking up Lotus Elises. And I stopped myself like, what? you are an addict. What is wrong with you? <laughs> I've decided the disease is contagious by audio because you hear somebody talking about that and you think, huh. What, 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 what am I going to do about yeah. that area of my life? What, what are those going for now? It is contagious. Yeah. I don't and even like Lotus Elises, now. but now I'm going to look at I didn't know they were that expensive. <laughs> That's interesting. You know what else? I, yeah. So anyway, so he's looking right now and thinking rear-wheel drive is next. I love this. All right. So he liked the TL because it flies off the radar, mm. which is cool. So here's what this recipe that he's building here, this is what it, this is saying to me. He likes cars that are kind of off the radar. He likes sleepers. And he wants a rear-wheel drive car. Mm-hmm. So right now, he's looking at a 2016 Cadillac ATS or a C6 Corvette. Mm-hmm. He says, yes, I'm single. And yes, I would daily the you-know-what out of it. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. Like but that. he is That's looking. Cool. That's cool. Yeah, for sure. I'm just – I'm wondering. Part of this equation, too, is the willingness to go back to great cars despite high mileage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of the times, you know, you think, all right, I'm on to the next. It doesn't necessarily have to be later, newer model years. <laughs> I certainly didn't. No. 2013 didn't. FRS to 05 <laughs> Mini and 06 Lotus Elise. Yeah, that's a jump backwards. I mean, if if it, you know, actually checks the box and you can find sure. the car you want. Sure, yeah. There is absolutely no worry, no reason to not, as a matter of fact. Mm. And he even says... I'd be up for some of the maintenance, too. I can take care of that. No mm-hmm. problem. And so it's gotten me thinking differently with the, okay. the whole, you know what? I could do this, mm-hmm. and I could, you know, go backwards and get the higher mileage thing and be okay with it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it needs to be well taken care of, but, you know, you're getting great cars that are – they're not forgotten. They're just not in the forefront of your mind. Agreed. It's always Agreed. The, yeah. the latest model has always yeah. got to yeah, yeah. be the better thing. No, not necessarily. Yeah. And here you are saving boatloads of cash, yeah. which we love, you know, buy used. So in the sedan category, I've come up with a couple. I love the Corvette. Mm-hmm. I do, even though it 
does not exactly fly under the radar. I agree. I think that's the problem with that. I have a wild card as an alternative to that. But what do you think the budget is here? I'm thinking about 25-ish is what, what it yeah. seems to be. Based on the things he's looking at, it seems to be about 25 or so. That's kind of the, the area I shopped in, 25 to 30 maybe. That is true. There was not a specific budget in here, which means, yay, we can blow through money. Love but it. I think I think it's I think it's twenty five ish is kind of where I was working on this. Yeah, I, I have right. uh, I have a few sedans and I have a wild card. All right, so my sedans here. I am going back in time. Daniel, welcome to the E thirty nine BMW M five. Ooh, really? Okay. Four point nine liters of four hundred horsepower V eight with a manual transmission. Yeah. Now that's rear wheel drive. Rear wheel drive done really well. It is. I feel like it's you know when BMWs were. BMW-ish. They were okay. they were great. Yeah. There's yeah. I, I I don't know. I'm just looking at these going, yeah, where do these older cars that are, you know, maybe a little bit higher mileage, but who's picking these up? Sure. Yeah. It's yeah, us. Yeah. It's all of us. It's this yeah. whole community. Fair, fair. And that's why you need to look at this car. Now, hmm. the nice ones, of course, I went to enthusiastauto.com. Another place to go. In Ohio. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're all really expensive. Mm-hmm. You know, I found actually a nice one. I was going, huh. What about one for me? Hmm. Yeah, this is the disease right there. It happens. Oh, it was awful. So my I garage found, is uh, full. Why don't I shop anyway? I have <laughs> no nobody. Kidding. But look at that. It's uh, as much as my house. <laughs> exactly. It's all bad. Yeah. I found an O two fifty five thousand miles. Perfect in that gorgeous blue. It's like oh, a little mob blue or something that. like I that. I love that one. Manual transmission, and they're asking forty four nine. So that I would Ouch. consider on the very beautiful, nice high end of the sure. market for those. Which means you could probably find one for two thirds of that. But that's what I'm thinking. For twenty five, I'll bet you find yeah. you know seventy five, eighty thousand miles. Yeah. Maintenance has been done, good shape still, and you could get into one of these cars. Probably true. Probably. So true. I'm looking at that. I like that. Yeah. I also thought about the O2 Lexus IS three hundred. Now I think your current Acura is a bit of a better car, honestly. But that was always a huh. That was that's an interesting car. The early Fun one was very real drive, and yeah. All those things, six mm-hmm. cylinder, all that, all that kind of stuff. So I like that, but I like the uh, the E thirty nine M five suggestion a lot better. Well, I'm going to jump off that Lexus idea because I had a Lexus idea as well, hmm. but I went current IS. Did current you? IS, okay, three fifty F Sport. Shop for one of those nice. because I feel like that's as close as you can get to that TL, but in rear wheel drive form. I can see that. Okay. It's not a it, right? it's a fly under the radar car. Very much so. Uh, it's got really good dynamics. It's got good gas mileage. It's it's going to run because it's a Japanese car, and it's known to have reliability just, that just runs. I feel That's like true. it checks all those boxes the TL does and then checks rear-wheel drive. It's not That's a good the point. The best for dynamics yeah. is not it's – not, what we talked about it when we reviewed it with the 3 Series and the Cadillac ATS. It won that Comparo because we felt like it at least I remember I made this comment but I think you said something similar that it was kind of like a 7 or an 8 in every category yeah. and the other guys were more volatile they were a 3 over here and a 10 over here and yeah, Lexus was this just hot solid button, across the board I don't so like that so that's that's yeah. why I feel like I mean I look we like the Cadillac ATS I think it's a really good option but I think if you're going to drive that drive the Lexus IS mm-hmm. and just yeah. get a look at it and deal with the Predator Maw which I feel like is is growing <laughs> on me I hate to say that it's like a disease is it funny just living with cars and you see it more and you think oh okay well you know why i think i like it better because Hmm. i have seen that executed elsewhere in their lineup far worse so now i'm looking at the (laughs) is going that's not that bad because the other ones are worse yeah which is a terrible thing i like you Uh, everybody (laughs) else is worse i also think (laughs) that i'm surprised there's no bmws on the list on his list now you you had a great right that's kind of what i was thinking i totally agree i also think since he's open to two doors what about shopping the 135i? Oh, good. Yeah. And if you want to go a little newer, can you get a 2 Series for this? Can you get a 228i? Maybe. For 25? I'll bet Probably, you. yeah. I'll bet you. You might even, might even get lucky and find a 235, but I bet you the 228s are out there. We, we drove that one on the track. We talk about it all the time. Get the Sport Pack with the ZF. Yeah. That's a surprisingly good car. I bet you could find a 2014. I'm sure you could. I. So I think that needs to be out there. One more sedan and then a wild card. Oh, Okay. We're talking rear-wheel drive, sedan. What could you get a Julia for? Really? Not uh, – look. The, You're the talking base, brand new? The base Julia. Okay. Go, I'm talking maybe go lease one. Oh. The, the only way you can get deals, leases on those cars is leasing the base one. But it's 280 horsepower. He's talking about how the TL is just under 300 horsepower. We're in the same world. Hmm. 
Interesting. And it's, you know, if you lease it, then you avoid the is it going to run questions. Yeah, yeah. And just go get a Julia on a lease. And then you went rear wheel drive, sedan. I think why not? I think it's worth, I think it's worth driving and considering. It's the other end of the spectrum from the IS, honestly. It's true. It's but, true. Because it's, it's, it's more look at me, depending on the color, granted. But it's more look at me. It's a little bit unknown in reliability. It's all of these things, but <laughs> dynamically the lease. But dynamically awesome. <laughs> dynamically awesome. So I think the Julia is worth it. And then my wild card. I see your Corvette, but I don't think it's under the radar at all. No, it's not. If you're thinking rear-wheel drive, you want a different driving experience. What about a 996-911? Dig it. Because, look, we know a few people that have bought a few of those cars for just under twenty grand. Oh yeah, they're not the be precious nine eleven. They're the buy it and drive it nine eleven. Honestly, that is the good part about them. That's the great thing about them. Dale drives his. He's got almost one hundred fifty thousand miles I know. on his. Jay here locally bought one. Yeah. Jordan locally here bought one. I mean, people are really? finding no them kidding. for under twenty and just driving them. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. So look, I mean, I, I will go ahead and say all the, the standard problems. Yes, they have the egg headlights. Yes, the interior is dated. Yes, you have to worry about the IMS. A lot of them now you can buy them fixed already. Sure. People but might have already done it. Exactly. Well, both the ones we know of that were bought here locally, they bought them with the IMS already fixed. Hmm. And they bought them for under twenty grand. Hmm. So my point is, it's the 911 you can just buy. You don't have to be precious. You can just drive. And I also think I could be wrong, and it's going to depend on your part of the country, but I think the police are going to notice a vet before they're going to notice a 911. Especially, I think, if you're in L.A. Depending on how it's driven, although I will come back. I will make a counterpoint about, oh, it's a vet. You must be, you know, 75 years old driving in the – what? A young person driving a vet? Yes. Get him! You are you are making a statement. <laughs> well, it's like me in the FRS. The couple of times True. I got pulled over the FRS, two hysterical things happened. In both cases, the police officer was younger than me, which made me feel <laughs> staggeringly old. And secondly, I watched him try to cover the kind of – Facial double take when he realized the person driving the car was twice as old as he expected them to be when he pulled over an orange Scion. Terrible. And as a result, I didn't get a ticket, thankfully. I wasn't going that fast, but still. All right. Well, Daniel, thank you so much for writing. If you've got your own debate, write to us at everydaydrivertv at gmail.com, or you can find us on the website. That's just regulareverydaydriver.com and uh, write to us there. We're going to take an early break with some advertising coming back to you shortly. When you're looking to buy a car, you want to make sure you're getting real price on actual inventory. There's nothing worse than getting there and they go, well, we don't have that actual car you looked up. So a lot of times that's not the case, but with True Car, it is the case. You can configure a car online, use a True Car certified dealer. The pricing that you get is on actual inventory. There is a car that backs up that price. There are over 13,000 True Car certified dealers nationwide. And True Car users are more likely to enjoy a faster buying process when they connect with these TrueCar certified dealers. And plus, TrueCar users save an average of over 3000 off MSRP. Don't get me wrong. This is not TrueCar says, we think the price is this. No, the TrueCar certified dealer says this is the price for the car. TrueCar is the conduit. So you want to work directly with TrueCar, go to TrueCar and find the car you want. Let me tell you about Pete, who loved hockey and always wanted to play in the NHL. Pete played since he was three and begged his mom to let him stay on the ice. Why, some nights he even slept in his hockey skates. Pete practiced and practiced until one day. When he was 47, Pete realized he just wasn't that good. So he threw his skates in the trash. But then he heard how Geico, proud partner of the NHL, could save him money on car insurance. So he switched and saved a bunch. So it all worked out. We're back with Ruben from Atlanta. He has a kind of two-in-one car debate here. First is a question for his brother, which relates directly to a Facebook question we had from Carlos. And then he has a car debate for himself. Pretty cool. Yeah, it's kind of two-in-one here. So we wanted to start with this first question, and that is his brother is in Atlanta and works for Cadillac. He's a product trainer for Cadillac. Mm -hmm. So he is encouraged, let's put this this way, encouraged slash required to own a GM vehicle. <laughs> so he bought himself a 2016 Cadillac ATS. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Cool car. Problem is twofold. One, he realized he needed a bigger car to haul the stuff he has to take to trainings. So he had to get something else. Right, which would be what? 
Apparently, he's hauling a television. Now, apparently, wherever he's going does not have TVs. I'm not sure what world okay. this is, okay. but he's hauling his own his own AV gear. Let's put it that way. Okay, fair enough. So All that right. resulted in him getting a, a, a GMC, uh, which one? It's the Canyon Denali. That's the nice one. Mm-hmm. So, okay, yeah. he went there to haul stuff. I get it. He bought it before he got rid of the Cadillac, which is problem one. But the bigger problem here that relates to the question here is this Cadillac, during its life, has been in a couple of accidents. It's been mm-hmm. rear-ended a couple of times. Both times fixed well with actual GM parts by actual GM. Yep. But he's now selling a car with two actual accidents on its record. Yeah, this is a problem. So in a year and a half, he's put 49,000 miles on this Cadillac. And then he needed the space. But now he's stuck with the payment for both the Cadillac and the GMC Canyon Denali. Mm-hmm. He owes $24,000 on the Cadillac. But he did get the GMC dealer discount, so, you know, the $5,000 MSRP, so he worked with the dealer. But, yeah, he's he's trying to sell the Cadillac. Apparently, mm-hmm. everybody's running away from this. Right now, he's saying, you know, dealers are offering him, you know, what, fourteen grand. Um, of course they are. It's now sitting at nineteen thousand. He's trying to sell it private party for nineteen because dealers won't offer him over fourteen. Gosh, which is uh, if you're following along with the class, I'm not good at math, but that's a ten thousand dollar difference between what he yeah, owes and what they're willing to that's pay. That's not good. Having to bring money to the table and that amount of that money much to get money. rid of a car yeah. for a car. Let's be honest, that in some ways you're required to own. Yeah. That's what makes this worse, right? Anyway, I mean, apparently he's he's off the hook. You know, driving the GMC, he's still GM product, of course. Yes, but. Anyway, yeah. I, um, uh, while back, this has been years now, I used to just, my, um, one of my walks went by a, um, a body shop. Okay. And it okay. went, uh, past the Porsche dealership, of course. And this is the. <laughs> I remember this the, walk that you took, yes. <laughs> one of the, uh, I would hear about, about your latest rantings and ravings <laughs> as you drooled on the glass of the Porsche dealer. Yeah. Uh-huh. It was just, you know, sort of a, you know, clear your head kind of thing. And I stopped into this body shop once because I was actually getting work done on my car. Mm-hmm. And they had a Mercedes S Coupe, so S-Class Coupe in the back. And, I mean, the front end was torn apart. And Mm -hmm. they were doing all this stuff. And the guy said, well, we're fixing this car. It has $60,000 worth of damage. I mean, the engine was out. The front was out. They had Mm. to buy a rivet gun, special equipment from Mercedes to be able to fix this thing. He said, but the car is worth like... Hundred and forty or hundred and thirty thousand dollars. So we're fixing the car. Sure you are. Sure you and are. I went. You've got to be kidding me. Like I said, the front end was just missing off mm. of this car. They were rebuilding everything from subframes. Everything was just from being the totally firewall rebuilt. forward, essentially. Yeah. I thought, oh my gosh, yeah. can you imagine that going on your, you know, later on? It's it's part of the Carfax, part mm-hmm. of the title. Mm-hmm. I mean, what is that car worth now? The owner gets it back and it's yeah. pristine and yeah. back together, but uh, what is it worth now? Yeah. But apparently the insurance company, which, you know, companies are very eager to just total a car and move on yeah, with yeah, the slightest yeah. mishaps. Mm-hmm. Generally. They didn't on that car. And they haven't on this Cadillac mm-hmm. either, apparently. Mm-hmm. So he's still underwater, which agreed is a bit of a bummer. So this yeah, is the situation sure. we're in. For sure. And I want to relate this to a question Carlos wrote. It just happened to be the same night. Carlos wrote this great question on Facebook where he said, what are our thoughts on buying used cars with an accident or damage mm. on the Carfax? Yeah. And would we stop looking at that car instantly? Would we entertain it? Would we look at it? And then somebody else, I actually don't have the second name in front of me, asked about us following this on into salvage title cars. Yeah. So yeah. look, bad news, Ruben, for your brother. This is going to hurt. So it was Mark B. asking okay, the same good. thing for salvage titles. Good, yes. good. This is the truth, Ruben, is to your brother. I'm sorry to say this, but this is just going to hurt. It's just going to hurt. Yeah. And yeah. I I do think he can get it. For, he, he can definitely sell it for more than the 14 that the dealer is offering him. Agreed. That's horrific. Agreed. But he's going to have to play up the fact this is the cheapest ATS you can find. And, you know, that 19 may have to become 18. I mean, I hate that, but. Ouch, but anyway. So I think you're going to eventually sell it private party, but you're going to have to sell it and know you're taking a hit. There's going to be a hit. There's no question. The combination – look, point one is the miles in general. Then the two accidents on top of it, you just lost a ton of value. I mean the good thing is anybody who's a potential interested buyer – 
he's got all the records and can say, look, this is all GM parts, as mm-hmm. you said. Mm-hmm. It's been fixed properly. Yes. That's the biggest selling point because you've got to be upfront about this. Mm-hmm. People are going to run the Carfax and of be course like, they um, are. right yeah. here, this line item, could you yeah. explain you this? Didn't, you didn't actually mention this. What's going on? And that brings me back to Carlos's question. I think it's not a definite runaway. It's all about amount of information. Agreed. If you're dealing with an owner, and it sounds like Ruben's brother is this way, you're dealing with an owner who is straight up front with, look, here's what's been done to the car. Here's what's happened to the car. Here's why the car is cheaper. Mm-hmm. Here's how it got fixed. Here's who did the work. They're completely up front. They're, they're burying you in information about the hows and the whys. Right, right. I don't think it's a definite runaway because you could possibly be getting a screaming deal on a car that's just going to work for you. I mean, you could just be at a point where, you know what, the, the price of the car is so important and, and saving mm-hmm. money is so important. And look at the car I'm getting. Yeah. Nobody has to know because it was fixed properly. Yeah. But you're right. Overwhelm the person, potential buyers with enough information so they feel confident. Yeah. That, you know what? I'm not being scammed. They're just in a situation. They're offering a low price. Am I okay with that? Am yeah. I okay with this damage? Yeah. I mean, there have been, you know, we've talked about flood-damaged cars from all sure. the hurricanes. And, Hail damage, these kind of things. You know, yeah. sometimes those cars have been just cleaned up and worked their way back into rotation. You don't know yeah. where they came from, auctions, Agreed. and Agreed. they just kind of wind their way through the system, and you don't know. And I, I personally would feel much more confident buying a, this car was damaged while I owned it from a private owner than from a dealer who... You don't know how they stitched that car together, which brings me to salvage title cars. Mm-hmm. Unless you get a car, and I'm going to bring up the Lotus Elise because it's the best example I know of. Unless you get a car that you know can be salvaged commonly with only a minor bit of damage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In general, salvage cars run away because you just simply yeah. don't know what's been done and if it's been done right. In the case of the Lotus, it's a, it is, it's an oddball because the front and back halves of the car can get dinged. They're so expensive and take so long to get that insurance companies will write them off. Well, there's no actual, like, there's no serious damage other than cosmetic, but it's half the car. Mm-hmm. You got to get a fiberglass piece from England. It's going to take a while. <laughs> so a wholesaler will buy it for nothing, right. wait for that piece at the back of their garage, because what do they care, and then sell it for 25 probably make five to 10 grand on it, and it's being sold for underneath every other Lotus on the market. So yeah. if you know, and that's a very specialized reality. If you know about a car that was salvaged or branded title for a reason like that, okay. But in general, if it's just in the ether, we don't know why it is, run, 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 run. Right. And that means you've got to get the story. You've got to get the information. Yeah. Ruben's brother, of course, has all the photos. Mm-hmm. And the, the damage was actually to the rear of the Cadillac here. Mm-hmm. And it was up high. It was by a truck, a large semi, that tapped him. It was a love tap from the back. It was more like a love bash. <laughs> and, uh, you know, stopping on the freeway, all that. But it was up yeah. high. So, yes, it damaged the the panel and the mm-hmm. unibody part of the construction. But at least it wasn't the floor pan. Yeah. Nothing buckled down there. Yeah. And it wasn't the impact bumper. Sure. And sure. it was the rear of the car. So in this case, I'd say, you know what? Yeah, that the photos were ugly. Yeah. But on the other hand, of all the places to damage a car. Sure. I mean, car doors actually have a lot of mechanisms and moving parts in there that you think, all right, and all those doors hung back properly or they sure. aligned yeah, correctly. Yeah. This was just kind of the rear quarter panel way up high. Trunk lid and the rear rear, you know, side fender, rear quarter mm-hmm, panel. Mm-hmm. I'd say that's the best possible yeah, area. Because you're not blowing airbags and those kind of things. Right. Once you get into a car that the airbags have been blown, and that's why it was salvaged, please run away. Yes. I just, that's just going to And airbags stuff. are a destructive, awful event. It is yes, an, they are. an explosion at 200 yes, miles an are. hour in your face. Ugh. Anyway, so yes, um, hopefully that's that's the... That's the position that uh, that you're going to have to take. Mm-hmm. Um, we're we're bummed for you, but uh, you know, one of those I think things. you can get more than the dealers offering. Oh, but agreed. I but I but yeah. I think there's no question that it's going to hurt. Agreed. So on to Ruben's actual car debate for himself. Uh, he is uh, he's recently engaged. Congratulations! Yeah, and his fiance is taking his current car, which he actually really likes. 2015 Honda Accord LX. She likes it. He had a feeling she would like driving it. It's going to become her car, which means good news. Ruben is shopping. <laughs> All right. So he's an enthusiast. He's been into German cars pretty much since he learned how to drive, mm-hmm. starting with the 94 Ford Econoline van. 
That is not a German car. Yeah, I was going to say, that, that story didn't work right very well. Yeah, but I follow what he said. Non sequitur, but moving on to the 98 Mercedes C230 that he drove for three years. Then he gave that to his sister. Mm-hmm. I love that you're just, you know, giving yeah. all your cars to the women in your I'm, life. I'm done with that. I'm done with that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So then he finally found the car that really started the disease off for him, which was an 03 VW GTI 20th anniversary six-speed manual, mm-hmm. $1,500. Yes. Blown motor. He swapped out himself, learned to wrench on cars, and he did all the electrical work. I mean, he he did a lot of replacement on this, and then he flipped it for forty five hundred dollars. No, he flipped it for forty five hundred profit. Profit. You're he right. Sold it for six grand. So six grand. You're right. I read that wrong. This is the best engine swap in history. Forty five hundred dollars right profit. Fantastic. So uh, it was to finish paying for college, and then he got the 2015 Accord. Mm-hmm. And sleeker interior, rack up the miles, and the best part is the fiance loves it. Mm-hmm. So, but here, here's where this gets difficult, though. His budget for what's next for him is ten to fifteen grand. Yep. And he goes on to say how much he's just realizing as he gets older and thinks about cars more. He wants the interior to be nice. Yeah. And he'd like Agreed. it to be German. So this is what we're shopping for. Older is a relative term. He's twenty five. Yes, I know, I know, but he's but he's twenty five, not fifteen. Well, true, very true. When you're when you're fifteen, you drive cars like I drive. When you're twenty five, you drive cars like you drive. This no. is the reality. <laughs> okay, okay that, let's be honest. All right, fine. I mean, I did have a Porsche when I was twenty seven. So I'm, well, but yes, but that was much nicer than the car I had when I was well, twenty seven. This is the point I'm fair making. Enough. We are moving on to the progression, and I am the child of the two of us. That's true. All right. Anyway, so uh, lots of possibilities here. He's going back to school for to be a physician assistant next summer. Car is going to be stored outside, whatever he gets, Mm -hmm. and the commute is short. So 16 miles a day, about eight miles each way. And he's planning on keeping this car for about five years before he upgrades from this. So it's got to be something pretty decent long term. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's got no undergrad debt, which is nice. Mm -hmm. Well done. And he had scholarships too, so well done. And so he's given us a list of possibilities here that I'll run through real quick. And then uh, I think we should kind of decide. I mean, he's got great choices in here that I agree with. Starting with both GTIs, Mark Six and Mark Seven, mm-hmm. he's got a bit of a hookup. Apparently, he's looking at a Golf R, but I think that's maybe a bit out of this equation. Certainly, is at this you price. Find a salvage or rebuilt title car. Yeah, I, th- I think that's <laughs> just out. Yeah, it's, you know, it's in his family. I mean, just saying, might be an option. Uh, what else? E forty six M three, another BMW, the two twenty eight I, which he also loved, but. I think that one is solidly out. I think price-wise. And honestly, I would be worried about the E46 M3 you find for 10 to 15 grand. Mm. It's a great car. Sure. We like it. But the question behind that is, and it needs, please hand me the list. Mm. Probably yeah. subframe. What, what, what's it going to need? You know? yeah. I mean, I'm going to say it again. Our friend Jamie, who's great one we drove for Icon. Yeah. He just sold that car for forty grand. He did? It needed, I didn't know the price. It needed nothing. Oh. It needed nothing. It was gorgeous. Yeah, it, it was, was perfect. It was low miles. Anything it ever even hiccuped, he fixed. So Amazing. the E forty six you find grand. for let's just say fourteen grand right now will be fun to drive, but I will be worried about what it what it needs. And the ones that typically are that cheap are the convertibles. So mm-hmm. the, the sedans are more. So I, I'm a little wary. Even though I love that car, I'm a little wary of that car for you. Sure. I can see that. Uh, what else? Tester of the Focus ST, but the interior felt cheap. Back to mm-hmm. the interior proclivity that he's got. Maybe an Audi. So interior, very high on the list there, but yeah. kind yeah, of yeah. depends on which one, mm-hmm. even though he does know how to wrench. S2000 could be awesome, but you know we'll see. Yeah. I mean, he's... I he's, think it's a limb. I think you're out on a limb there. Yeah, he's realizing, I, man, it'd be cool to own one. And then I think as he thinks about it, he realizes parks outside, you know, has had hatchbacks and has cars of size. And do I want something that small? Because in the next sentence, he talks about how Miatas and Minis, he test drove both and concluded they're too little. And I'm going, so the S2000 is still on the table? I think it's got to be out too. Sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm agreeing there. I'm coming back to the GTIs, even though you've already owned one. I mean, I know you like them a lot. And I like the interior for you, and I like the driving dynamics for you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not that you can't just keep going on to later generations of the car. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, I mean, it's been a while. It's I, been a while since that. It three. has. Yeah. It has. I mean, that might be a, a, a great way to get back into it because mm-hmm. it has been a while. Otherwise, I'd say branch out. Yeah. But I do like the Mark Six or the Mark Seven, and it also leads me to an Audi S3. But I don't know if you can get one for that cheap. Well, interesting you brought that up because I think the car for Ruben is one car. 
Yeah, agreed. The Audi yeah. A3 hatchback. Do you? Really? If you go back, I was shopping today at this price point. If you go back, you can get like 08s that have got the 3.2 liter V6 in them for this price. That's right. But you can That's also right. get more recent cars with the 2 liter. So like 14s, I was finding. 14s, 15s. Are most of those uh, front wheel drive, though? Or are they all wheel drive, too? The Depends. The 3.2 was a Quattro. 3.2 is a Quattro, yes. Uh, the two liters, I was fine in both of the above. Kind of depends on. But, but the point I'm making here is he, he wants German. He likes Volkswagens. Mm-hmm. He loved his GTI. He wants a nice interior. Yeah. It's all of those boxes with the nicer interior. You get yourself essentially the GTI with Audi badging. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's how I always looked at the A3. The, the platform mm-hmm. in general is sort of like, oh, you know, and, and the S3 that we drove. Yeah. I would love that to happen for the hotter, you know, yeah. more enthusiasm. But I'm thinking about car, but. get yourself an A3 hatch yeah. Yeah. and be done. I think that's his car. I really do. I mean, the GTI thing, I think he talks himself around that in kind of a circle. And that just makes me think you need an A3 hatch. It's still a possibility. I still feel like it is viable there. Mm-hmm. But yes, the A3 could work really well too. Yeah. Interesting. Well, good. Ruben, thanks for all the info and the photos and all the stuff. Yeah, hopefully your your brother gets through a minor, you know, unscathed as possible, I guess. Yeah. And uh, that you find something really great that you love, too. Man, do we have questions. Mm-hmm. Man, we've got a lot. And there's uh, a question that I want to start with. Okay. From Drew V. Oh, yeah. He has good ones. <laughs> I'm excited to answer this question. I'm actually excited by whatever your answer is going to be to my <laughs> response here. Okay. So here we go, guys. Here's the question from Drew. Okay, guys. This is mostly sunny blue sky time. Paul, you're promoted to head of design at Lincoln. And I'm thinking to myself, (laughs) it was Max Wolf, and now it's David Woodhouse. By the way, I interviewed with David Woodhouse early 2000s when Ford had their design studio down in Irvine in California. British chap, great guy. He's in charge of Lincoln currently, so that means I'd replace David right now? Wow. Okay. So I have no influence over the driveline, the running gear, and the tuning of the cars, but the interior and exterior styling have become my pristine white canvas. Okay. What do I do? Wow. Okay. Here's what I'm thinking. The theme, you know, as you know, car designers always like to have themes of, you know, of where to begin with, and then it defines your age group and who you're marketing it to. And blah. You're going to have your mood board. It's going to have totally feathers. Mood and, you're going to have feathers and pennies taped to the wall for totally. inexplicable reasons. Scraps of leather and yeah. you name it. Yeah. So I'm thinking about Lincoln becoming the better Volvo. That's in my head. Okay. But the theme of Lincoln is the best date of your life. That is now the Mm. theme for Lincoln. I'm keeping Matthew McConaughey around, by the way. He stays. He's great. Okay. He's just got the wrong product to do his thing with. Interesting. Okay. So I would stop with the three-letter model designations. Yeah. I would cut that out, stop it, and I would bring back the actual car names. I agree with that. But I wouldn't just stop there. It's not just names. It may be the cars might be named after women's names, like Hmm. the Lincoln Jessica or the Lincoln Ashley or the Lincoln Desiree, something like this. Okay. Okay. So it personalizes things. Unless you had a girlfriend with any of those names that is now your ex, then you will never (laughs) buy that car. True, but okay, whatever. I mean, I think the, the letter designation, the alphanumeric, it. works for Germans. I don't think it works for American cars. Well, but if a car has ever had a name and you are not using the name, you should be taken out back and shot. <laughs> the fact that we have names with history bring them all back. Agreed. So names. So I would lead with brand new platforms, even though I can't touch the platforms. But I do want to. I want to mm-hmm. say these wouldn't be shared with Ford cars. These would okay. have to be all new. Proprietary, and I, yeah. I think they'd be all electric platforms. Really? Okay, all right. I would really differentiate the brand of Lincoln. Go fully electric, mm-hmm. luxury, mm-hmm. loaded with easily upgradable technology. I would partner with a tech company. Okay. Much okay. like Intel has just announced their partnership with Warner Brothers for all future autonomous in-car entertainment. Yeah, okay. Something like this, this kind of thinking. So imagine the interiors, the electric Jessica... Is dressed differently than the autonomous Ashley. There's going to be a there's going to be a company selling the electric Jessica, and it's going to be a very different product. By the way, I'm sorry, I'm, but I'm that keeping anyway. It, I'm yeah. keeping it clean, keeping uh-huh. it nice here. But it, this this manifests itself. The point is, it's beautiful textiles and materials, sure, sure, and sure. each car has this personality to it. Okay, so I'm thinking restrained and bespoke elegance. I'm not thinking uh, there's some edge to it you know volvo has polestar you know there's some sport but it's mostly luxury refined Mm -hmm. tech 
that's my thinking. So I would stop drawing the squircle. It's called the squircle shape. The squircle. It, it is a word, and you know what I mean. It's that yes. box with super radiused corners on it. The squircle. And also, <laughs> please stop using black label. Yes, anyway, stop using yeah. that. I would look very hard at Japanese interior design, Italian fashion for the way clothing lays, you know, the cuts sure, of Italian fashion. the layers of stuff, yeah. Swedish furniture, and certainly Bang & Olufsen technology, how they integrate technology into product design. You don't have a mood okay. board. You have like a mood cubicle with it's, all of these things could be said. warehouse. Sampled. Yeah. All right. So, it, you know, cuts of cloth, all these sexy shapes, and not this current blocky slab-sided garbage they have sure, going on. Sure, sure, sure. And then finally, for one year... I would bring back a limited run of really expensive, the rebuilt, remanufactured 1962 Lincoln Continentals with the suicide doors, maybe put the Voodoo V8 in it, modern engines, brakes, suspension, running gear. I would out-icon icon vehicles. You would do a limited edition Lincoln Very upgrade. much so. Interesting. And I'd only do it okay. for one year because it'd get people talking about the brand again. Yeah. yeah and it yeah, just for that. one year, limited run. And it taps into all this nostalgia. Huh, huh. And then over here is the future luxury tech, electric tech. Hmm. And they'd have beautiful names. I got the Lincoln Jessica. The electric <laughs> Jessica. Lincoln Jessica. Right? Love that name. Wow. Okay. All right. That's what I do with Lincoln. Wow. Wow. There's a second part of this question. There is. For me. There is. But Drew, you, the, welcome <laughs> to the next half hour of the podcast just for Paul because I, I, my brain's already awash. But anyway, so Drew asked me then, okay. With your new designs, mm. I get a clean slate on directing commercials and putting out the PR marketing sense of Lincoln to desperately try to get away from Lincoln, nothing to see here. <laughs> what do I right. do? Do I keep Matthew McConaughey, et cetera? I do have thoughts on this. And the first thing I would do, I'm sorry, I know you didn't agree, but Matthew's out. Oh, you think so? He's gone, huh? Because here's the thing. No celebrity spokespeople at all. Out. Okay. No, he's not enough. replaced by anybody. It's about the cars. It's Fair about enough. the brand. And, I, and the best thing I can think to put into your brain is two things. The cars dynamically need to be BMW in the early 2000s. Mm -hmm. And the marketing needs to look like what Alpha has done for the Julia. If you Good. think about it, yeah. the Julia has had people in those commercials, but you don't know any of their faces. They're a presence. They're, they're a people presence. They're representative but, of, exactly. here's we we see buying this car. And you mood people? do mood people, exactly. But you would do um, juxtaposed images. You'd have an image of the car on a great road being driven hard, hmm. juxtaposed with something the seat does that's amazing. Oh. The car pulling up to a great event, looking very classy, mm -hmm. juxtaposed with the way the entertainment center works. Dig it. So it's back and forth and back and forth. It's the sense of occasion and dynamics of driving this vehicle. It is an event combined with, and it gives you this reality. Mm. This like would be that. the juxtapos juxtaposition, and it would all be just about your rethinking Lincoln. You're just, have you thought about this brand? Yeah. It wouldn't yeah. be people. It wouldn't be identified with a person. It would just be, here's our product, and we're bringing passion. That's the thing the Julia marketing con uh, concept has done wonderfully well is you just – you like Alpha. You don't like Alpha. You watch that commercial and you True. just go, I kind of want to go drive. I kind of want to see that car. Where is that for Lincoln? I'm sorry. Matthew McConaughey sitting around just being whatever he's Moaning. doing. Honestly, I think Jim Carrey out outdoes him yeah. doing Matthew McConaughey. It's a tiny tennis ball. But anyway <laughs> – oh, man. But anyway, so – I think celebrity spokesperson's got to be out. I mean, I okay, know why you use enough. them, but I think it's got to be, have you seen what we've made? Yeah. Because we're making something. You want to you, you give out that impression simultaneously of, and you've done it wonderfully with the Continental, by the way. These merge. These ideas merge. Okay. Because your one-year Continental plays right into what I'm thinking. All right. You want to give people this impression of, we're doing something nobody does anymore. Yeah, Combined true. with, and we're doing it for the future. I love it. And that's the, the sense of the marketing campaign. I love it. And desperately get rid of black label, get rid of ridiculous names. No kidding. Give Lincoln something to see here. There you go. We need and to we're call out. David immediately. <laughs> Ford, we're giving you gold here. <laughs> well. <laughs> and if that doesn't sell cars, then uh, we'll go drive Julia's apparently. Mm. I like what Mini and Alpha have both done with their marketing campaigns in the past. They have stuck out in my mind. 
other marketing campaigns, whatever. Because they have a distinctive style to their vehicles, mm-hmm. and you recognize the brand and you identify it with something. Mini is quirky and fun and cute and fast and enjoyable. Right. You just know that. Right. And customizable. And Alpha is sexy with great curves and performance and corners and yeah, lineage and yes. you know, provenance and mm-hmm. all this stuff. Yeah. And, and Lincoln... <laughs> Lincoln is identified as the car that Kennedy was shot in. I'm sorry. It is. But that's Lincoln. It is. And you know what? Okay. I mean, yeah, all right. But it's... it's There's a nostalgia and a historic thing to that. And that's kind of why I was thinking about bringing these back. I see that. I see that. Really well built. Really desirable. Mm-hmm. And then it stops. And then it's future tech. Yeah. And just but set it up as a brand that nobody else is doing what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Lincoln is trying to do their version of what everybody else is doing. Mm-hmm. Agreed. All right. So uh, what other questions stuck out to you? That was a good one, Drew. That <laughs> wow. Was, that was um, very thought-provoking. I love it. Carter asked a question and said, would, we ra- would I rather drive a Ferrari in Minnesota winter or a dirt bike in the dead heat of Arizona summer? Ferrari <laughs> all t- the time. Heck, yeah. Because at least I can be comfortable in the Ferrari. Mm-hmm. And... I can put winter tires on the Ferrari, and if you'll let me go this far, I'd buy the GTC Lusso or the Ferrari FF, which is four seats, all-wheel drive, and I couldn't be happier. Huh. Meanwhile, you're sweating yourself to death on the knobby tires of a dirt bike in the in the 130-degree heat of Arizona. No, none of that. Yeah, that doesn't sound good to me. I was thinking about winter tires on your 1962 Ferrari GTO, your... $36 million Ferrari. Would, I would, would that be work? that guy. I would still be that guy. But if I had <laughs> if I had money to own that car, I'd be like, yeah, we're doing that. We're doing burnouts today, everyone. All right. So that actually ties into Raman's question about motorcycles. He's asking, have we ever been into motorcycles? Mm. If so, which ones? And why don't you have one now? Mm-hmm. I like this question. As a matter of fact, I was into bikes. As a matter of fact, I like drawing motorcycles better than I like riding them and owning them. And you designed for Kawasaki. And I designed for Kawasaki. That was my first job out of design school down in Southern California. I spent a year and a half in their studio there. Yeah. And I was doing... Uh, I mean, I actually was kind of on the... The start of all the quad runners, all the, the mm-hmm. you know the Yamaha Razors and all that stuff, we were building the, the yeah, inline, yeah, yeah. the tandem seating ATV, stretch out an ATV because so many people are riding ATVs dual up and it's yeah. really dangerous. So we yeah. were actually thinking, all right, make a dual rider ATV and then expand it to larger in vehicles and that Polaris beat us to it and yeah. on and yeah. on and on. That's where this market has become now. But um, yeah, I was doing cruiser bikes and all that stuff and had press vehicles, which I would ride to your apartment. I remember. Yeah. And I just was always thinking, it's not if, but when. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I never, fortunately, had an accident, but I had many close calls. And I, as I've talked about before, I thought, I'll never do the lane splitting thing <laughs> like everybody in L.A. does. And then I found myself lane splitting at night at 105 miles an hour between cars thinking, okay, what, what am I doing? I'm stupid. <laughs> this is this has just got to yeah. end. And yeah. so I just stopped. And I thought, you know what? Cars are my first love. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just went back yeah, to loving to, to doing cars. I liked bikes, but I can get the same enjoyment out of being in a car, and I saw too many bad things go on in L.A. Mm-hmm. on a bike, and I yeah. heard too many people that commuted on bikes. This is the joke I've always said because it continues to horrify me. Everyone I knew in, in Los Angeles that, that commuted on a bike said, well, the first time I got hit. Now, if you have to quantify oh. which time it was yeah. you got hit, it's time to do something else. I realize you can do back road, etc. I get that. But I just I I'm so in love with the experience of being in a car, and the, the thing about the car in all of these experiences, the car gives you the option: do you want to be in the elements or not? It's true. Yeah. Do you want to? I mean, how do you want to approach this? I know that if you're a biker, we're all cagers. I get it. And and, cagers. and I've I love it. And I've been on bikes, and I understand the attraction. Trust me, I do. I just like the option that the car gives. Mm, yeah. Agreed. See, Ed the, Cl- Ed the Sled's question on here. He said, have you ever considered supercharging the Lotus? Let's start a GoFundMe page for superchargers for your Lotus. Oh, Love it. There, look, we'd, we'd be more than happy to have your, your <laughs> contributions if you would like to donate to the show. But don't do it so I can supercharge the Lotus. Would I? Yes, I would. But, but that's, <laughs> not, that's not worth a GoFundMe page. The, the Lotus is crazy fun even without that. What's nice is the supercharger you can put on those. Of course I know about it. The supercharger you can put on those <laughs> after the fact. It's about a five grand or so add-on. And it's pretty much the same stuff they put on by the factory. You just yeah. do it after the fact. There's a lot of there's a well-established kits, so I'd be curious. And the supercharged, it's kind of the business, honestly. But to be honest, I think I'd almost rather 
This is going to sound stupid. I'd almost rather <laughs> we're car guys with a disease. It's upgrade not be the stupid. Lotus to like an 09 or a 2010, the back end oh, sure. of the range, and and not be supercharged just for that extra little bit of refining that they did. As they just continued to make the car better and better and better, and they're still making it. I wish they were still selling it. Yeah, but I, I'd almost be more prone to do that. I know that sounds a little weird, but. You know, the, the money that it would take for a supercharger could almost get me into one of those. Here's a jump-off question. Would you take the modern design? If they were still sold in the States, mm-hmm. the upgraded, refreshed design, would you take that or would you stick with your current body design? Well, it jumps at 2011. In fact, the last year they sold them in the U.S. was 2011, and it's the only year they had the, the new front end that so is still being sold. they actually did. The last year, 2011. Right. Had, and and refined it further, but that change in the lights in the mouth, if you will, that was actually in the U.S. for 2011 only. That's right. To be honest, I prefer the front end on my car. Do you? But I wouldn't complain. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. Um, actually, jumping off of that driver mod on Instagram said, I'm, I think you've gotten this wrong, but I'm going to answer the question anyway. You've a, you're asking me, Lotus Europa or Audi R8? I think you mean Evora. Probably. Europa was from the 70s, like a 1977 well, Europa. And they made a, they made a variation on the Elise for like two years called the Europa right in the early 2000s. I don't think you mean that. I think Ma- you mean yeah, Evora. Yeah, maybe it's that one, but... I'm going to say this. I love the Avor and would take it over the R8 hands down with one possible exception. Are you making me drive one car year round and then it's the R8? Hmm. But I just – I really like the R8. I'm a big fan, especially the, the very early ones with the gated six-speed shifter and the 4.2-liter V8. And yes, across the board, love it. Hmm. However, the Avora speaks more to me on the Lotus handling, the lighter weight, all of the above. But they're both great cars. Yeah, no kidding. He's also asking me, should I buy a 928 or a Kia Stinger GT? <laughs> 928 all day long. I think that is one of the most timeless, classic, beautiful designs ever in yeah. the history of yeah. cardom. Yeah, I'd, I'd go for the 928. Kia's compelling option, but mm, yeah. not against it. Pretty different animals. Uh, let's see. David wrote in on Facebook, our thoughts on CVTs? Oh, yes. Um, the short answer is no. We don't like them. They're yes. terrible. The longer answer is uh, how are they set up? Because with very few exceptions, they are terrible to drive if you're an enthusiast. Because what they're doing, if you know anything about CVTs, continuously variable transmissions, it's think about it as two cones, the, the points of two cones facing each other. Right. And a band in between. And so the cones can shift their relation to each other and constantly change the ratio of the transmission. So if you're in one, Toyota Corolla is the perfect, terrible example. And you go up a hill and you put your foot in it. It tries to find the optimum RPM of the engine and just stay there while you accelerate from 30 to 80. So you get a constant drone, which is super fun. But a lot of times, the CVTs, when you deal with hills and stuff, they're indecisive, and they're constantly varying what they're doing, so the car never feels settled. The only exception is those CVTs, and Subaru is one of the ones that leads this, that have got pre-programmed, air quotes here, gears, hmm. where they have decided yeah. on six ratios of those cones, if you will, six, six ratios that you can lock it into. That at least allows you to, to act like the car is a normal automatic if you want to do some enthusiast driving. But in general, the whole point of a CVT is not to be connected with it. It's just to optimize the, the RPM for gas mileage. And as a result, they're not fun. They never are fun. Yeah, no kidding. Well, there's a, there's a, actually a comment from Mark Butler on here. He says, he is the word master at his Toastmasters meeting this week, oh, and he no. chose a room oh, full no. of rakes. <laughs> As the the line, and he said, by the time this podcast hits the airwaves, I will have shared this word and phrase with his whole club. And he said, the goal, the goal is for all the members with a speaking role to somehow use this in their dialogue. And I find that funny. I, as a matter of fact, Mark, I will have you know that I keep a word list of words that I find cool. And I have had this list for years now. Yes. It's ongoing. And my current word that I'm sort of obsessed about is orchidaceous. This is a word that means ostentatious luxury, sort of over the top in your face. Wow. So the new, the new Lincolns you're making would be orchidaceous. They they might be, especially This with, podcast just got weird. Okay, the yeah. The naming convention that I'm settled on. Yeah. So the um, Lincoln orchid is an interesting thought though. That could be I mean it just opens up the anyway, name of the on, car yeah. opens up possibilities for what designs and for what the themes sure. could be instead of MKC. What is that? The Lincoln orchid is the Lincoln S-class coupe competitor. Beautiful. It's a two-door, beautiful GT Cruiser. 
you imagine what that would be? I better yeah. just get started sketching. You want to sit again. down and sketch, don't you? I yeah, do. I hear you. Oh, man. What else? Uh, Marcus. Hey, man. How are you? He wrote in from Canada. Marcus runs a channel called uh, Roads Untraveled. Yeah. YouTube channel. They actually do a podcast as well. Marcus has been with us for a long time. Good to hear from you, man. He wrote in and asked about favorite location to film. And he's kind of asking location and time. He's asking about Twisty Mountain Roads in L.A. in the morning, you know, downtown at night, Utah in the afternoon. What do we like to do? Marcus, the true answer is... We shoot when there's daylight because we have a lot to get done. <laughs> hey, look, the sun's I, shining. I, I really, if I can pick it, I like really early morning light or the last two, I mean, the golden hours, the first two hours of the day and the last two hours at night. That's when to shoot because mm-hmm. you can do fantastic things with beauty shots, uh, follow footage, car-to-car stuff looks great at that hour. I love it, but we've got four cars and one day to shoot it, shots are getting done at 2 o'clock in the afternoon when the sun's almost straight overhead because we don't have a choice. Right. So right. I I actually love shooting in Utah because there's far less traffic. Nobody ever asks us questions and the <laughs> right. scenery's spectacular. Yeah. I say that I wish we had easier access to some of the California roads, but it's just a sheer reality of people. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. some amazing California roads we will never shoot because of traffic. It's cyclists. Yeah. Especially in the springtime. Um, I actually enjoyed our downtown LA shoot much more than I ever thought I would, but it was stressful. Yeah. Yeah. It um, but it's such a different look. That's going to be a really cool episode because we're, we're shooting night stuff, which is really fun. But if I had to pick it, Marcus, it would be golden hour. So the last two or three hours of the day on some amazing Utah road. That's that's the business right there. But that's, you know. Th- String it out over days and days. Yeah, there's a – I forget the name of the movie right now. But early on, uh, Terrence Malick shot a movie that was entirely shot at golden hour, which means they had about 90 minutes of shoot time a day. Oh, wow. And it took him forever to shoot it because he only wanted to shoot at golden hour. Huh. Think about how long it would take us to shoot four cars if we only shot at golden hour. The sun is up. They're shooting to do. Right. We're running out of time. Yeah. No kidding. Well, there's a question from Barbara P. on here on Facebook. Thank you for writing in, Barbara. She is asking us, are 2015 Volkswagen TDIs a safe buy? Yes, they are. The whole diesel gate. <laughs> They're not issue. a green buy. <laughs> Certainly not. But as far as safe, there's two categories of safe. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Define safe, Barbara. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. The cars themselves, Volkswagen has never been a poorly engineered car. As a matter of fact, they've been brilliantly <laughs> the engineered. The problem with Dieselgate was over-secretively engineered. Yeah. Right. They're just 40 times dirtier than anybody ever thought. But from a safety standpoint, absolutely yes. But from a, is my investment safe, I would say no. Yeah. Because let, unless you can get a deal on you're one You're going to get now. one for a song. Yeah. yeah so yeah. from a safety standpoint, absolutely. They're excellent cars. They're really well engineered. There's nothing wrong with the cars. They're just mm-hmm. dirty. That mm-hmm. was the whole problem. Yes. Really. And, and, and they were sold. The further problem was they were sold as Volkswagen clean diesel. Right. Now that we're right. past that lie, if you want to go <laughs> buy one, knowing exactly what it is, and that's a diesel car that pollutes like a diesel car does, yeah. but it gets really good diesel gas mileage, it's a Volkswagen. Yeah. Excellent. Well-built. What, what are you shopping for is kind of my secondary question. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. What else? Any other questions for uh, you? I have a last one that, that rattled around in my brain. I think I've got a conclusion that almost surprises me. Okay. Uh, Snow White MR2 wrote in on Instagram, and he said, what is our all-time personal favorite drivetrain layout. Ah, okay. He's saying front-engine rear-wheel drive, mid-engine all-wheel drive. He's just saying, what? what is it? He's bringing them all up. That's a, and I that's think a tough one here. My, my first instinct is mid-engine cars, mid-engine rear-wheel drive. It's my yeah. first instinct. Yeah. But the more I ponder that, the more I think, you know what it is? I think it's actually a really well-sorted front-engine rear-wheel drive. Depending on power and suspension setup and what the car is. And, and ideally, all that stuff. hopefully, that front engine is close to being a front mid car. It's almost behind the front axle. I mean, are you talking Corvette kind of feel? Almost. Because the thing about that is, I love mid engine cars. I love my Lotus. I would, I would want, if I could pick the car I get to dream about and actually get to own one day to be a McLaren, yeah. these are the cars yeah. I love, okay? I love the feel of a mid engine car and I want to own many, mm-hmm. okay? Yeah. But I realize. The mid-engine car is always lurking in case you do something stupid. True. The front-engine car is a lot more approachable at the limit. 
Yeah. In general. Yeah. Generally and speaking, you're that's right. kind of why I think that may be my favorite, even though I'm just look. This is a bad analogy, but the, the mid-engine car is the amazing girl that you know is probably not the best for you, but she is amazing. <laughs> and the, the front, healthiest of relationships. Exactly. And the front front engine rear-wheel drive car is the girl you really ought to be smart and just settle down with. Hmm. That's where I'm at. That's Good. where I'm at. Good. I can definitely see that. I mean, it very much depends on the car. It does. You can't it say does. it with definitive across the board. No. no. You know. But I but I feel like the the front rear the front engine rear wheel drive cars I've been in, I'm less likely to get bit. It's true. I'm with you there. And and depending on the car, see that's the problem. I could go back and forth depending on particular choices. I could say, well, not that, but yes, this, and then the drivetrain changes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But but San, I guess for me, just because I love the Cayman so much, I do sure. love that, oh, that yeah. size. But the Cayman is the most docile mid-engine car on the planet. Yeah, it is. It's just so well-sorted. I, I just I love driving it every time yeah, it's such yeah. an event. So I'm going to go with mid and rear, you mm-hmm. know, mid-engine rear-wheel drive. I do love that. But I can definitely see your point. M2s, M3s. Corvettes, yeah, S two thousands, FRS, on and on, on and on, on it goes, yeah. on and on it goes. They're just they're approachable. That's the thing about it. It's true. They That's will true. understeer. They will oversteer. You can decide which one you'd like it to do. And yet they all have distinct personalities. All the of cars are listing do. off. Of course, it's they not do. just yes, a well. Absolutely. They're all feel the same. It just depends on the power. And not if mid engine cars were all as docile as the Cayman, I would go mid engine instead. But they're not. No, no. They there's plenty of them. <laughs> the are, Lotus are waiting bite. to bite. <laughs> yes, I actually didn't tell you. I was on. I was on a drive recently, and uh, it was that my kind of my last blast up that really cool canyon near here. Oh sure, yeah. Okay, and I was coming down, and I came into the, it was it was like a 45, 50 degree day. Okay. But it was end of the day. Okay. I haven't even told you this. End of the day. No, that, that, that's got I'm those worried. huge 180 switchbacks there on immigration, right? Uh, yes. So I'm going through there. And so there's these pockets, like tree pockets, that are 180s, where it's a lot of shadow. And, of course, those are colder, and I'm on my summer tires. I got into – I honestly, I did things wrong. That's the bottom line. That's the bottom line. I came into the corner, and my downshift, heel-toe downshift, into the shadow cold part of the corner was just a tiny bit too late. Okay. Did you upset the car at that point? Upset the car. And the back came around, and I did half the corner – Sideways. Really? Yep. It was total counter, 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 counter. Hold it, hold it, and we're back. Just feather, feather, feather. Just, and... yep. Just everything was careful stepping for a few seconds <laughs> while the back was coming around and settling out. And, Ooh. you know, and I was, I was awfully proud of myself to not wind up in the weeds oh. because, the, because the minute that goes wrong like that, that's the thought that goes through your head is just, yeah. this is going to end badly. But thankfully, I was at least subconsciously countering properly. Feathering throttle, countering the steering, I, and, I, and I, it is controllable at the limit when it goes. And I knew it instantly the minute it happened. I was like, you're a bonehead. You did it to yourself. All, I can see all of the pieces going up, but this is the mid-engine reality. It's not going to give you any leeway. And very little warning, if and any. And when it goes, when it goes, you need to know what to do. Yeah. And thankfully, it worked out okay. Oof. But it was just – and I knew the minute I did it, I was like, I have engaged the gear slightly too late in a cold corner <laughs> all bad well it sounds like everything's okay i'm glad it was, that's oh it's great no I, here's the thing on the back end i was a rock star because <laughs> i did fine but it was one of those situations where that could have gone totally differently wow thankfully i instinctively countered properly but this is the reality in, in a in a front wheel rear wheel drive car it wouldn't have even happened yeah, I mean, maybe if it stepped out a little, and that it would have it would have hiccuped is what it would have done. If you know what I mean, it would have just kind of gone. Oh, I didn't like that. Yeah, just kind of wiggle a little but the, bit. But the Lotus went maybe. okay. You do that, the, the back comes out. And of course, it told me what it was doing. <laughs> telegraphed it like crazy. Wow. But this is what we do when you're a bonehead. <laughs> Well, guys, thank you a million times for listening with us. Uh, we really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, as Todd said, give us a rating and review. We'd love to hear from you. Write us with your car debate questions and social media questions, too. As you can, as you can see, we have a lot of fun. Looking forward to next time, everyone. Cheers. Let's consider the secret life of the innermost nesting doll. Living most of her life in the dark inside the other nesting dolls, she has plenty of time to think. If she could. Sadly, she has no brain. However, 
When an innermost nesting doll hears that Geico not only saves people money, but also has been providing great service for over 75 years, she thinks it's obvious you should switch. Because yes, switching to Geico is a no-brainer. Pity the innermost nesting doll and her lot in life. ADT can design and install a smart home just for you, backed by 24-7 protection. A new smart home at your service, customized for your lifestyle. Set up custom automations unique to your home to automatically do the things like lock the doors or set the thermostat when you leave. Even close your garage door from virtually anywhere. ADT will set up your home with multiple smart home devices and security features like indoor and outdoor cameras, locks, lights, and garage door control, even video doorbells. Visit ADT.com slash podcasts to learn more about how ADT can design and install a secure smart home just for you.